friends and lovers, welcome to the brand new episode of the Thinking Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined this week by Mr. Toby Anderson. Well, hey. Well, hey. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. Look how excited you are to be here tonight. Yeah, it came out more excited than I actually feel, I think. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Just to put a dampener on it. Oh. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of pain, to be honest. I'm, um, I had, I've had two uh, wisdom teeth out this week. And my mouth is just fire on one side, flappy gums and aching pain. So if I'm a little bit less um, talkative than usual, that'll be why. Yeah, we'll see. Very, very quickly. Just very, very quickly. I've got seven games I want to talk about. Yeah, I just want to talk about all this stuff, yeah. (laughs) Mr. Sean Davies. Hello there. How are you, Captain? Captain. Yeah. I've had an upgrade. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. Had a very fun week. Good. Life is good. I like to hear it. And joining us once again, Mr. Sight Tyson himself, Andy Manson. Who in slightly less bad about just how Marosa sounds natural in a, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like uh, I'm in good company here. So, uh, Toby, don't worry, you still sound somehow less morose than me, so we're, we're good. I still, I still sound upbeat, even with my <laughs> mouth full of pain. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Uh, got over a wee spell of illness off for the week uh, in the midst of playing something uh, that's going to take me most of that week. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, you haven't got much on, have you, really? No, I'm, I'm taking it really <laughs> easy. <laughs> uh, we shall get into that uh, very shortly. But first, let's crack on with Game of the Week. Toby Anderson, what is your Game of the Week? Uh, so this week I've been playing a whole bunch of things, but I'll keep it to one. Oh God, here we go! It... No, no, I'll oh, keep right. it to one because you know you, you can give me a hard time over mentioning three or four at a time. Yeah, um, me. Uh-oh. <laughs> so um, my game of the week is a game called Retro Machina, uh, which is a little uh, indie. Um, so it's, it sort of looks like it stars Clank um, as uh, from Ratchet and Clank as a little robot who escapes from a utopia that's run by robots. And then goes on a sort of Metroidvania adventure. Um, he can enslave other robots with a sort of radio wave emitter on his head, um, and then make them do things for him, and you know, open puzzles and open doors and, and pick things up and that kind of stuff. Because he's only little, um, but it's really beautiful. It's very Art Deco. It's very like Bioshock looking, um, you know, a crumbled sort of Art Deco empire. And then you're sort of going around the, you know, what's left behind and it's just robots and you but yeah it's really fun um i did income i did count uh, what's the word i did encounter a game breaking bug which has got me completely stuck um which is a shame so uh i have cut it's come to a grinding halt that that my my fun playthrough <laughs> of that game yeah. um but yeah my uh, my review will be out next week and um yeah, it's good fun. If uh, if people are playing it on, or, I mean, they probably won't encounter exactly the same bug as me. I don't think it's going to be something that everyone gets to, but um, hopefully it'll be fixed as well. So it should be fine. Nice one. Ratchet and Clank isn't that far away now, is it? No. And if you get a little taste for Clank, then you can go from that one straight on to Ratchet. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mr. Sean Davies, your game of the week. My game of the week is called Manifold Garden. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, this game has been out for nearly two years now. Uh, released on PC and then last year it released on Xbox One and PS4 and now it is available or it's going to be available on May the tw- on May 20th 
for the PS5. It's already available on the Xbox Series X and S. I've been playing the PS5 version and I am confident in saying that this is the definitive edition of this game. If you if you like puzzle games, this is one of the best I've played in a very long time. It's all about MC Escher's artwork and it takes the tenets of that art like impossible geometry and perspective-based reality and forms a game around it. So uh, for example, in one instance, you'll walk through a door and there'll be a set of stairs on the left and a set of stairs on the right and the set of the stairs on the left go up and the set of stairs on the right go down. And no matter which set of stairs you come out of, you will end up in the same location. It's wacky and weird, and it's very well designed and very thought out. It's also got an incredible aesthetic. Um, but the PS5 version has got a few things that no other version does have. So it's obviously running at 4K at 60 frames per second. The game looks awesome. Uh, it's now got a bigger draw distance. So the Xbox version that I played looked really good anyway, but the PS5 draw distance is massively improved. So when you're looking down upon a world and there's like an endless maze beneath you, that maze now looks endless because you can see it go on for miles and miles and miles. And the, the thing is, is this world loops in on itself. So the stuff that you can see is probably stuff beneath your feet, but it just loops and loops and you can keep walking around and keep going past the same spot endlessly. Uh, and finally, it's got um, it's got good use of the DualSense controller. Um, it doesn't use the adaptive triggers, which I think is a bit of a missed opportunity, but otherwise the haptic feedback in it is fantastic. It's a massive step up for anything on the Xbox version. Um, you, you can feel like the direction in which things happen in the controller, which is I think is fantastic. And at one point there's like uh, rain, and I know that the rain in Returnal on that dual sense has been highly touted, but this rain is just as good. It feels just as great in your hands as it does in Returnal. It's not as as, as violent or vibrant in the controller, but it's it's more measured and uh, it's definitely an improvement on everything I've played of this game so far. My review will be up probably shortly after this podcast goes up. So uh, go and give it a read. Um, I've got lots of words to say about it for a second time. This is the third time I've played through this game now, and I'm still not bored of it, and that's how good it is. So, yeah, nice. that's my game of the week. Yeah, it's sitting on my PS5 as well. I need to get on it. It looks get on very it. pretty. Yeah, it's staring at me. I will. I will, I promise. I will. Thank you. Um, Andy, your game of the week, what could it possibly be? Yeah, I can't imagine. I feel <laughs> bad for Toby because I'm technically going to be talking about three games. It is the <laughs> Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition, which is a. Uh, Come out on on Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Um, just la- uh, last Friday, I believe. Um, a couple, a couple of important things that I think people are going to want to know straight off the bat. One thing: this is not a remake. This this isn't a Final Fantasy VII situation here. This is a remaster. Uh, your mileage may vary in how much you want to call it a remaster, depending on the game. I've now experienced a wee bit of all three. Uh, and perhaps unsurprisingly, the graphical quality gets better the further into the series you get. So Mass Effect 3 looks really good. Uh, I'm playing it in Series S, so I mean, it is still only 1080p, but it's running at a, a perfectly uh, good 60 frames per second. The lighting's really nice in it. Uh, the textures are much better. However, you go back to Mass Effect 1, it does feel a little bit like they've just kind of varnished up the original game. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a kind of mixed bag in that regard. Um, but in every other way, that game is still Mass Effect and therefore is brilliant. Um, it is still, for me, probably the best space opera, sci-fi kind of games that have, have ever been uh, produced. Um the best thing about this for me is the fact that I missed out on quite a few bits of the DLC in the past. And, you know, anybody who remembers the criticisms back at the time will know that some of those DLCs contained fairly large resolutions to, to things that happened in the game that didn't seem like they were going to get resolved through the main game. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to diving in and playing some of those. Um the combat, again, much like the graphics, gets better the further into the series you go. One, it's still a bit clunky, perfectly serviceable, but it's still a bit clunky. Two, it gets better. And then three, I mean, three, they considered the combat good enough to release that multiplayer mode for it. So, yeah, that's definitely the, the best of the three. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's Mass Effect. If you love Mass Effect, there's I would thoroughly recommend this. If you've never played Mass Effect before, I think I would still recommend it. You might have a bit of a tough time with the, the first game, uh, just because there's there's certain things in there that, that haven't aged terribly well. But by the time you get to the third game, you you have forgotten all about that. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a excellent collection. It maybe doesn't quite go the the extra mile that some would hope for uh, in terms of upgrades. But yeah, it's it's still Mass Effect. It's still great. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Have you made it to the Mako yet? Uh, I haven't made it to the Mako yet because I wanted to make sure I got a bit of all three played before <laughs> before coming on here. Um, my understanding is that the Mako sections are one of these sections that they have attempted to improve, make it control a little better. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed that's not <laughs> going to be as big an issue as it was at the uh, first time round. But uh, don't worry if it's if it's still as bad, you'll be able to hear me uh, crying about it for Glasgow. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I never thought that the Mako handled any worse than your average Halo Warthog. Get out! It's the same. It's almost the same handling in my I'm sorry, opinion. No. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> I played them all, and I thought, oh, this handles like that really awful Warthog in Halo. Ugh. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> Thought that would go down well. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hey. Uh, that's that's quite funny you say that because my game of the week is Halo 2. <laughs> um, I've been playing it on the Master Chief Collection and man, it's a game that I didn't... I played once through when it first came out years and years ago and I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, okay, that was a sequel to Halo. It was nowhere near as good as the first Halo, but it had those sparkly moments in it. Like when you're jumping on the back of the scarab and just as you're about to do that, the electric guitar kicks in. It's like, da 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 And you've got a rocket launcher in your hand and it's like, oh my God, this is Halo. This is awesome. And I experienced that moment last night when I was playing through it. And I just, the, the smile on my face, I was just grinning like an idiot. And it was just a nice reminder of what Halo does and what it does really well. And it's those big moments. It's those dramatic kind of moments that the game knows that you're about to kick some ass. And it's just so much fun. And this new, you know, the Master Chief Collection has been around for a while. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm fairly new to the Xbox ecosystem in terms of this generation. 
And so I, I hadn't really played it. And the remake is just fantastic. They've done such a great job with it. I love that you can just click a button and see the old style graphics and then click a button again and you're right back to the new shiny ones. And you see the massive difference that they made. And the cutscenes are just unreal. They're out of this world. I've never seen anything like it. I can't believe that it's the same game because you can jump back and forth in them as well. And the difference is just, it's just night and day. And I'm, I'm having such a great time playing through it now. Um, it's still tough as balls. I thought I was good at Halo. Turns out I'm not. Either that or I'm just getting rusty. But it's, um, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to playing through Halo 3 again and then probably Halo 4 maybe if I can stomach it. But we'll see. I think you're getting rusty. Yeah, you're probably right. My my as eight year old uh, has completed both Halo One and Halo Two in the space of a week. Um, God fucking damn it! He, I mean, he is a bit of a prodigy. Um, sure, is this the same one that beat uh, Bloodborne? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> no, that's not mine. Oh, I, I I have issues with that. I have issues letting a kid play Bloodborne. If I'm honest, but mm. you know, um, I'm still like trying to keep my kids not from playing Grand Theft Auto. Sure. So, you know, it's just let them play 18 rated games. Why don't you? You know, that's that sounds safe. Yeah. That, sure, that age rating is just for like a, a warning. Why not? Bloodborne well, is about, you know, the, the 18 rating is just difficulty. It's not blood or violence <laughs> or anything. It's like, you should yeah. be 18 to play this. It's it's, it's, it's a, quite tough. It's only a matter of time. No, it's only a matter of time before we get that guy, you know, trying to own the libs or whatever the hell it is he thinks he's doing. Going, yep, yep, my kid just beat Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have a clue what any it was about before we started? But now he's a man. Yeah, he's going to be on Pickup Simulator any day now. Just... <laughs> oh, God. Was it How to Talk to Women? How to oh, Talk God. to Women in Bars? Is that the game? Yeah. Oh, God. Get your kid yeah. playing Leisure Suit Larry. I liked Leisure Suit Larry. I'm just going to admit that up straight. <laughs> as a kid, I was big into Leisure Suit Larry. Never mind. Yeah, well, you're as a kid, you're the exact audience for Leisure Suit Larry, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, I was big into LucasArts, and then I was like, oh, point and click game featuring a white guy chatting up women. Okay, this will do. I'm 11. Let's go. Did you learn I've anything? Been, from I've those been games? playing a game like that this week. It's called Mass Effect. You should really get a go. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, I'm, I'm I'm genuinely concerned that if I get Mass Effect and I'm playing it in the same room as my wife, I'm just going to get the fucking evil eyes the entire time. Hello, Miranda. Um, let's let's not go anywhere near each other. Let's just stay well away from each other because <laughs> <laughs> we do not need to be seeing the ass sex scenes <laughs> when my wife is in the room. No, thank you. And just uh, keep it a very platonic playthrough of Mass Effect. I think that's the safest option. Uh, right then, it is now time for the Fastest Finger Quiz with Mr. Sean Davies. Yes, as soon as I can find the mute button. Anyway, let's have a quiz. Um, so if we've never done this before, um, I'm going to ask 20 questions and these guys are going to chime in when they know the answers and get points. And hopefully we're going to have uh, a new winner unless Greg decides to write in his answers um, because he won last week and every other week that we've done this. So well, you're, you're, um, you give the answers out after the after you say the question. So that would just be. Yeah, no, I've just got a feeling that he's gonna he's gonna send me a like. We'll just a, pop a up on. on no, just pop up on Zoom in a second and yeah. be like, <laughs> yeah, Hello, <laughs> <jumped in." laughs> Um. Right. So, 
Uh, let's let's have a look at your um, your buzzers this week, Ross. What have you got? Please don't tell me it's the same one as last time. It's not, but it's from the same soundboard. Okay, then I'm sticking to a theme. You know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Hit me. This is happening. Okay, that is happening. Okay. This is happening. Love it. <laughs> Thank you, Libby. What are you going with? Nice. Can you play that again for me? <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. That's not going to hurt my ears at all. Uh, <laughs> I can turn it down a bit if you want. No, no, it's fine. You keep it there. I wouldn't want you to miss out on any points and for you to get grumpy. Zelda got a rupee. <laughs> um, and Andy, a rupee. Do, you, do you have a Oh, buzzer? that's very true. I did just say that wrong because it says Zelda right in front of me. Yeah. Oops. Also gone for a, a beloved Nintendo character. <laughs> Elon Musk, what? <laughs> okay, uh, let's kick this off uh, with question one. Pokemon Red and Blue are set on which world region? A great start. Wow. <clears throat> I might just press my buzzer just because it actually sounds like, what? <laughs> Any idea? Okay, um, the answer was Kanto. This is happening. Canto. <laughs> well done, Ross. Thanks. Minus one point. Anyway. <laughs> Question two. Uh, the star of the Mega Drive game Cool Spot was the mascot for which soft drink? This is happening. Andy? Seven up. Correct. Oh, God he's coming it. here. He's going to steal the goods away from Question three. Which was the first Call of Duty game to feature a zombies mode? Oh, Andy. World at War? Correct. Oh, man. Turning <laughs> up my phone. Hang on a minute. This is bullshit. <laughs> okay. Question four. The cover, cover athlete of FIFA 21, Kylian Mbappe, plays for which domestic football team? This is happening. Ross? Paris Saint-Germain. Correct. Well done. That was very close. Um, but the, the combination of wow and this is happening. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question five. Temple, Cradle, and Complex are all levels from which classic N60... Ross? GoldenEye 007. <laughs> Correct. This is happening. <laughs> 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 okay, question six. The Star Wars character Darth Revan was first introduced in which video game? Toby? It's the Old Republic. Correct. Toby's off the mark. Well done, mate. Yay. Only <laughs> took six questions. <laughs> anyway, uh, question seven. The Dig, Sam and Max Hit the Road, and Manic Mansion were all originally developed and published by which company? Toby? LucasArts. Correct. Well done. Okay, question eight. In the original Resident Evil movie, what is the name of the defense system protecting the hive? This is happening. Ross? Siri. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, incorrect. Oh. Any other guesses? Like, is it Andy? Is it Amy? Oh, no, no, it's not, but you're in the right track. Toby? No, I wasn't. I'm not going to get anything better than that. I was thinking like the mother or the daughter or something. It's the Red Queen. 
Oh, you can see, you can just see Greg throwing his phone across the room right now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, question nine. How many types of Tetromino exist in the original Tetris game? This is happening. Ross? Eight. Incorrect. What? Square, line? Seven. Uh, I'm guessing... Toby, yes, seven. Yeah, that's seven. Well <laughs> he didn't buzz. He didn't buzz. That's did. bullshit. He, d- I he did. did. He did. He just, <laughs> it, was all, it was all noise. <laughs> okay. Uh, question 10. Wow. In the first ever <laughs> Fortnite Battle, Roy event, Battle Royale event, which building was destroyed by a meteorite to make way for Dusty Divot? <laughs> Toby? The White House. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? This is happening. Ross? <laughs> Was it Tilted Towers? No. Oh. Andy? Is it Tomato Town? It's not. It was Dusty Depot. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Okay. Oh, it Qu- wasn't real places. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fortnite, Toby. Go. I think I might have revealed I've never played it. <laughs> <laughs> Question 11. Matterfall, Dead Nation, and Resogun were all developed by which studio? This is Toby. That's Mark. Correct. Toby steams into the lead. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, question 12. Before Detective Pikachu released in 2019, what was the most recent live action movie based on a Nintendo owned IP? Ross. Oh fuck, I've gone too early. <laughs> uh, Super Mario Brothers? Correct. Yes! Amazing. <laughs> A whole 20-odd years between them. Anyway, um, question 13. What is Sonic the Hedgehog's original home planet called? I know this. Andy? Morbius? Correct. Goddamn Wario! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this is getting so close. Um, question 14. In which video game series might you hear this quote? You can't break a man the way you break a dog or a horse. The harder you beat a man, the taller he stands. This is happening. Ross? Red Dead Redemption? No. Mm. Anyone else? <laughs> and Andy? Wolfenstein? No. Um Come on, Toby. just got um, a ruby. Far Cry. <laughs> Far Cry is correct. Well done, yes. Toby. Uh, <laughs> he, just, oh. he just Googled it. That's bullshit. No, total <laughs> guess. Okay, just question guess. 15. A total guess of all the yeah. game franchises in the history of the world. And that total was a... guess, I promise. You can look oh. at my Google history. <laughs> oh, don't want to lose that. that oh, no, no, no. You're right. You're, you're <laughs> fine. <you> later. Yeah. <laughs> when I've cleared it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question 15. Sherbat. Mouse Mallow and Bunnycomb are all species found in which video game that was developed by Rare? Andy? Uh, Viva Pinata. Correct. Nice. Question 16. What is the name of the cat-like race found in the Elder Scrolls games? Andy? Kajit. Correct. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Question 17. What classic beat-em-up game featured brothers Billy Lee and Jimmy Lee? Andy? Double Dragon? Correct. God damn it! (laughs) Question 18. The Houston Outlaws, Dallas Fuel, and Shanghai Dragons are leagued esports teams for which video game? This is happening. Overwatch? 
Correct. Oh my god. <laughs> Question <Greg>! nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Question nineteen. What was the best-selling game for the PlayStation Two? Andy. GTA San Andreas. Correct. <laughs> It's coming up in the rails. Oh, my God. This is it. <laughs> okay, question 20. Which 2013 blockbuster movie was loosely made into a zombie survival third-person shooter that released in 2019? This is happening. Ross? No. I was going to say Friday the 13th. Uh, Toby? World War Z. Correct. Oh, yeah. We bloody played it together and everything. Okay, let's let's top up. These. Still one at the end. There we go. Let's let's have a look. Andy got one, two, three, four, five. Well, that's what you got. You got four. Seven, eight, eight. <laughs> Oof. Um, Ross got one, two, three, three. <laughs> well, I got more than that, did I? <laughs> no, sorry, mate. Seriously? Um, yeah. <laughs> I felt like and, I got uh, more than that. You started off. You've gone to that well. high pitched place again, Russ. <laughs> and Toby got one, two, three, four, five, six. Wow, that was pretty close. Dang it. Uh, well done, Andy. He comes on and just steals the quiz away. <laughs> and you two guys thought you were going to have a good chance without Greg here. <laughs> we would have beaten him if we'd combined forces. God damn it. Yeah. No, no, just need to remember if we get the right button. Yes. No, the right one. I'll take it all day, but I was going for Waluigi number one. Yes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well done. Uh, thank you very much. Very nice. Well done. <sighs> Great. Well done, Anthony. Brilliant. Mm. Really <laughs> proud. <laughs> Great. Good damn it. So sincere. Oh, never mind. Right, anyway, let's crack on with um, Have I Got Barrels in You? Or something, I don't know, we'll change the title, I think, at some point. The BBC might sue us, they might not. Uh, which is where we go through uh, the week's news in rapid time and discuss all the big stuff that's been going on. And we're going to start with uh, Sony. How many games have they currently got in production at PlayStation Studios? One. A thousand. <laughs> um, okay, we're going from one extreme to the other. Want to find something in the middle? Than Sean? <laughs> um, yes. It, it's, it's God of War Ragnarok. It's the only one that matters. The rest can be cancelled. Fuck them all off. It's fine. Don't you fucking say that about Aloy and Horizons of the West. How dare you? <laughs> is it 25? It is 25 games. PlayStation Studios are currently working on 25 games, half of which are new IP, which in the business stands for intellectual property. And it's super exciting. So... The question that I want to pose to you guys is, what do we think are the other half? What are they working on that is not new IP? And what would you like to see from Sony Studios coming out that we don't already know about? Let's, let's guess the new IP ones. How do we guess new IP? Because <laughs> <laughs> that one would be much more fun to guess those. Sony don't do new IPs. Come on. <laughs> at, at some point the game they're going to bring out is going to be like you mind that parody film which is like don't be a menace in south central while you're drinking juice in the hood which was like a mash of about four different films at some point they're just going to bring other their franchises into one game that isn't going to be playstation all-stars that was and, astrobot um, wasn't it <laughs> probably and um 
I just assume at some point it becomes a singularity. That's it, yeah. You can have Aloy, Aloy and Kratos fight alongside Nathan Drake, Ratchet and Clank, Jack, and... Um, Astrobot. Astrobot, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'd be cool. See, all we really know about is Ratchet and Clank, which is out next month, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7 and Ragnarok, which means that there's a lot of studios that are still unaccounted for. Uh, yeah, so, so there's, there's got to be a Last of Us remake in there. Uh, yep, that's back at Naughty Dog now. Is that right? Yeah. Bef- once before it was uh, kicked over to. Presumably, there's a Ghost of Tsushima two. Mm. In there somewhere. And the yeah. other one I could guess that maybe is Spider Man two, like the proper Spider Man two, instead of the Miles Morales version. Yeah, I'll be writing off uh, All Stars Battle Royale. Is that over now? All-Stars Battle Royale. Yeah, the PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I think I've really... I, I think Toby just went, did not compute, and just shut down then. <laughs> I really did. I was like, what's he talking about? <laughs> I've moved on. <laughs> I think, I mean, it feels like we could rule out a second Days Gone based on the, the, the stories that kind of came out about that fairly recently. So I don't know if that, I can't remember, were they basically told they were getting moved across to work on an existing franchise? If not, are they going to get a new IP? Um, Well, this is wrapped up with that Last of Us remake that um, that team has been, Sony Bend, we were talking about this a few weeks back, that Mm -hmm. uh, they've been wrapped up into bits of Naughty Dog and they're all working together on this thing and then other people have left. So it all got very messy. But I, I think the, the most recent news is that Sony Bend are now working on something else and that the the last of his remake is back at Naughty Dog. So it's like, what, what does Sony Bend have? Like, they are a studio that, you, that did a really good Uncharted game in the shape of Golden Abyss. They did Saturn Filter. They did um, Days Gone. So... Like they they are a studio that can pretty much turn the hand to anything. I'd like them to like, like I, w- I want Siphon Filter back. Bring back Siphon Filter. <laughs> I wouldn't mind I mean, if they were doing a new IP though, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't Those see them. Good. I can't see them continuing Siphon Filter from where they left off. So I imagine. I mean, that would have to be a complete ground up remake, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's there's no way that they are going to finish off the like. I don't know if you know where Siphon Filter left off the story. It was Logan's on Logan's Mirror or something on PSP. Yes, Lo- Logan's Shadow. He's he's so the end of that game is a cliffhanger that they never answered, and that's why people want Siphonville to come back. But if if they're going to bring Siphonville to back, I imagine it's going to be an entire new thing, and I really hope it is. It's going to be a gritty AAA action adventure, third person, isn't it? Well, if Ubisoft aren't going to give us a fucking you know Splinter Cell game, mm. we at least need a Siphonville game. They sure as shit aren't going to do that now, are they? Okay, no. Ubisoft have just fallen off the edge of a cliff this week. It's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But, free um, to play Splinter Cell. Uh, what if they bring back Splinter Cell, but it's a free to play Battle Royale? <laughs> Everyone plays as Sam. Yeah. Just different types of Sam that they've released in different games for the last 10 years. You can, and you can, you can emote, you can dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Very important things. They all look the same, but the three-eyed uh, night vision goggles that he was known for are just different colours. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can have, like, dr- gruff Sam with the beard, 
and like young Sam and dad Sam. You know, there's been lots of different Sams. Furry Sam. Yeah, Furry Sam. Daddy Sam. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, exactly. son, son of Sam. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sam Deal from Jurassic Park. <laughs> on 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 this uh, on the Sony news, um, a lot of people presumed that all of these third party games that Sony have been signed up are the are part of this twenty five. And then the head of 30, third party publishing at Sony said, "And wait until you find out what the third party stuff's being produced." So, mm. so this this twenty five games is is first party stuff, as in by by Sony Studios. Yeah, I know. That's why I said Sony Studios at the top. I know, but like most of the internet's like, well, this new game that signed up with Jade Raymond's studio, yeah, um, is going to be included in it, and so is um, Ghostwire Tokyo. And so is um, Deathloop, and that isn't the case. These mm. these are games that are aren't part of that, which is absolute insanity. Yeah. So they're not including like Final Fantasy sixteen. No. 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 Nope. Interesting. Right then, let's move on. Which Cyberpunk parkour game is getting a sequel? And there are so many to choose from. Mirror's Edge. No, not Mirror's <laughs> Edge. That had a sequel, didn't it? And nobody bought it. Uh, I assume it's Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner is what's happening. Ghost Runner 2 is currently in development at one more level and will release on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. So it is a full current gen title. Um, I'm trying to get out of the habit of saying next gen for the generation that started six months ago. So current gen. Uh, yeah, did anyone play Ghost Runner? I played it. I didn't play it very far, but I played it. It was good. I watched Greg play it. Okay. Yeah, I watched Greg really struggle and get annoyed with it. That was, it was fun. So funny. Mm. <laughs> it was it it's amazing that that game has like got incredible like environmental design, as in the fact that it's it's a little bit subtle, but obvious if you just take a second to look at it, like giant arrows that point down the side of a wall, thinking, ah, oh, maybe I should wall run there. Greg didn't spot a single one of them. He was just doing fucking the wildest shit you've ever seen to get through that game, like breaking it to get through the game. Fascinating stuff. Mm, okay, yeah, there's not a really lot to go on right now, but if you're a fan of Ghost Runner, there is a sequel coming. So look forward to that. It's also Maybe. coming to PS5, isn't it? The um, end of the year. Did you say that? Uh, it's coming. Uh, it's it's uh, current. The first gen, one. Exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm assuming there's going to be a PS5 upgrade for Ghost Runner. Uh, there was a there was a thing about it today. It said the PS5 version before the end of 2021. Okay, a nice one. Cool. I look forward to playing that then eventually at some point. Uh, right then, which Ubisoft game has been delayed again? Beyond Good and Evil Two. <laughs> Did that ever have a date? The Rayman one that they haven't announced yet. No, nope, not that one. Is it the Splinter class, Cell? Is it the class sexual harassment lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's been delayed. Delayed yeah. for more class actions. Yeah, yeah. They want to add more class actions to it. Um, it's uh, it's not going to blow your mind, but it's Skull and Bones, um, which has now <laughs> been delayed for the fourth time. Um, it was due in 2018, then due in 2019, then due last year, and now due this year. But now it will be coming out in the 2022-2023 financial year. Um, we'll, we'll see. Can you we'll yeah? See. Can you delay a game that's never coming out? <laughs> well, this is this is yeah. They said that about Duke Nukem. 
They did say that about Duke Nukem. <laughs> and the Last Guardian. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Duke Nukem came out. I, I, I don't exactly. remember that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to be in the same boat for Elden Ring, I think, for a long, long time to come. But uh, yeah, Skull and Bones did go back to the drawing board a couple of years ago. And um, people are speculating it's going to now just be a free-to-play adventure game, um, which does kind of like tie in well to what Ubisoft were discussing last week about the about how they're going to really embrace the free-to-play model over the next few years. Um, Sean, I know you were you were hyped about Skull and Bones because it had the the kind of Assassin's Creed um, nautical gameplay. Are you are you still feeling the buzz for it now? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> it just came up from the bottom of the sea. Sorry, my internet's <laughs> playing up. Okay. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm I'm absolutely not looking forward to it now. I think that it's it's the fact that Assassin's Creed um, ship, like the the um, combat in those games, has kind of gone as far as that could possibly take it at this point. I'm not interested in another game that's entirely based on that now. At the time no. it was announced, I was super happy about it because I'd just been playing an Assassin's Creed game that did it really well and thought that'd make a great game. Yeah, and then you know. Five years down the line, you're like, really? I don't really want this anymore. How how is it that you can go from having a game, a mechanic in a game that is pretty much built and works really, really well, to needing five more years to make a game out of it? That doesn't make sense. I'm I'm kind of I mean, based on what you're saying about the free to play and so on, and and what's happened in the last couple of years, I'll be amazed if that game does come out. First of all, I'll be amazed, but if it does come out. I would not be surprised if it ends up being some kind of mix of World of Warships and uh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I do, I do imagine that Sea of Thieves kind of blew their wind out of their sails, pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's just because that game was like came out of nowhere and then went, "Huh, this is a pirate game," and Ubisoft was in there like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything is better in this game. God damn it! Yeah, I think CFTs might need some competition. There's there's a massive audience for that game. And um, they said that uh, Skull and Bones is being extensively reworked with live elements and was now planned to feature a persistent world with a shifting cast of character and quests and a greater focus on co-op play in which the player actions would influence an ongoing story, which sounds a hell of a lot like Sea of Thieves to me. So we shall see. One day we'll talk about that game when it's coming out. And we'll all be wrong because it'll be fantastic or it'll be terrible. Are there any yeah, Ubisoft games that have come out recently that weren't delayed? I mean, that's a good question. I don't think just, so. But just Dance? <laughs> I think I think uh, Ubisoft dance, in general just, just release it. They, they, they announce their stuff just way too early. Like just every single time it's, it's about a year earlier than they should have announced it. Mm. And then they have to delay it. And they say Far Cry's coming out. Nah, actually that's going to be delayed. They say this, that, and the other. No, they they start talking about Beyond Good and Evil five years before they could. You know, it's just it's a Ubisoft trait, and it seems to have happened for a decade now. Just every single time it gets delayed, whatever it is. Yeah, Andy's right. Just Dance always makes its release date. Well, that's a one success story (laughs) in amongst (laughs) hundreds of IPs that don't. It's that panda, isn't it? The panda they whip out at E3 every year. Do you think behind the scenes he's quite a taskmaster? Yeah, (laughs) and he just whips people into shape. Back in the sweatshop, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whipping them with a stick of bamboo. Come on now, <laughs> just dance, goddammit. <laughs> we need that wee money. Come on, 
The one thing we can say for certain about Skull and Bones is that it won't be called Skull and Bones when it comes out. It'll be like Immortals Phoenix Sailing or something. Yep. It'll be something stupid. Yep, and there'll be a Sam Fisher skin for your boat. <laughs> uh, so like yeah, a masthead at the front of your ship with three little dots on the front of it, just breaking the waves. Yeah. Oh, it's a battle royale. <laughs> Sam Fishing Rod that you can... <laughs> Use <laughs> off the side of your ship. Yes. Basically, put Sam Fisher anywhere but his own actual game. Some Ubisoft dev is, is frantically scribbling all this down while we are talking. <laughs> yeah, this is oh my God, guys. He was guys, writing guys. down Son of Sam and all that stuff from earlier. All <laughs> uh, right, then. Let's talk about uh, Roblox, shall we? We don't do that very often. Um, Sean, I'm going to let you take this one because this is your world being a father okay. and you know all about roblox well i know i hate roblox with a passion <laughs> <laughs> the fucking music everything about it just drives me mad but it, it's been a very interesting week for roblox um because this epic versus apple court case has rolled on and one of the points that epic made in the court case was that apple already allow a game launcher which is a, a an app that contains games to exist within their store. And Apple were like, well, what are you talking about? And Epic pointed out that Roblox exists within, within the iOS store. To which point Roblox went, oh, fuck, we're about to get kicked off iOS. So they went into their app and onto their website and changed every instance of the word game to experience. Players no longer play, they visit. Um, there is no longer a tab for games. It's now Discover. So, so basically, Roblox is no longer a game. It's a virtual experience. <laughs> Purely because they are terrified that Apple are going to kick them off the App Store for losing them the case against Epic. <laughs> wow. This I mean, got so petty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, I mean, this Epic and Apple thing is getting way out of control, isn't it? They were talking about the banana peely skin in court the other day and how, if if it's appropriate or not, to have on the the, uh, the App Store. Yeah. There's, um, there's also which... how many other companies seem to be getting thrown under the bus <laughs> through all this, obviously. You, you know, this court case also revealed the fact that, you know, Sony are charging uh, developers and publishers to include cross-platform in their yeah. games um it's, it's crazy it seems it, it feels what started out as feeling like it was going to be a petty squabble between epic and an apple almost in some ways this is probably hyperbolic could have genuine effects on the future of 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 gaming and in, in some regards you know mm. are sony now gonna you know wave that charge and basically wave through the the advent of of kind of ubiquitous cross-platform or or is every game as sean said that goes on to the apple store now gonna have to call itself something other than a game it's it's crazy how how many arms and legs this thing seems to be sprouting yeah i mean it, it's a thing that's going to touch pretty much everyone it is you know the the apple store is is a massive generator of revenue for a huge number of companies and Epic is one of the biggest players in the industry, not because of Fortnite so much, but because of the, you know, the Unreal Engine, you know, 
it's 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 not unconceivable that if one of these gets pissed off, they could you know decimate half the industry. Everyone wants this to end amicably at this point, but they're such bitches. Um, if if you do get a chance to go back and have a look at some of the um, the bits and pieces about it, there is one particular exchange where everyone in the courtroom pretends never to have used Tinder before because they were talking about apps on the app store and what kind of different apps exist. And <laughs> they, they bought up Tinder and the judge was like, and hmm, what's Tinder? What do you do with Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> and the lawyer was like, I don't know. I've never used Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is getting out of control. It was, it was very funny as everyone in that courtroom pretended that they didn't ever use it. And, um, Yes, it was. It's hilarious. What's Grinder? I've never used that before. <laughs> I don't know what should've that is. Ju- yeah, should have told the judge. You know, you know, like Grinder, and he would have gone, "Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah, okay. oh I know exactly what that is." <laughs> yeah, yes, very good, very good. Wrap this up. I've got a meeting in half an hour. <laughs> because meeting someone off Grinder. That's the, that's the joke. Okay. Can see that tumbleweed going by. Yeah, I thought it was fucking funny. Never mind. <laughs> uh, finally, Battlefield Six is also coming to. Wait, hang on. That's not how we do this anymore, is it? <laughs> You've just given the game away there. Yeah. Which EA game is also coming to previous gen consoles? When they promised it would only come to next gen consoles. Uh, that'd be uh, Battlefield Six. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm going to pretend like I got it right and yeah, you hadn't did. already told us something I, out of the I edit. <laughs> hadn't already totally fucked that up. Uh, it was quite funny, so I might leave it in now. Um, yes, EA have confirmed that Battlefield 6, which will be revealed next month, is not only coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S, but also to PS4 and Xbox One. Um, now, they did, they have, they haven't talked a lot about Battlefield 6, but they have talked about primarily is that the next gen or the current gen version of the thing is the only way that it, it's possible because the systems are powerful enough to play it. But now it's also coming out for last gen. So what's going on? Okay. I've got a, I've got a prediction here. Go for it. This might burn me, but I'm just going to say it anyway. The next gen version will contain uh, a multiplayer component and a single player. Last gen's version will not contain a single player. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I've been hearing there's, some rumblings that Battlefield Six is just a multiplayer game. Yeah, there's loads of rumors that it doesn't have a campaign at all. I reckon the next gen version will have a campaign, the same as Battlefield um, Five did. You know, just a short one. Um, but I think it'll only be possible on the next gen. Blah blah blah. It's only capable because of all the teraflips and floppity flops, etc., which will sell the game to the next gen con- console owners. But also, it will be available on everything else. That's my bold prediction. Interesting. And I think it'll be a shitty move, but you know. Yeah. Well, we got to move on at some point, don't you? I'm I'm really hoping that I'm wrong. Is this the? Is this them still cashing in on last gen because it's still, still very difficult to get a new console, and there's still a massive install base for the previous generation, and they might as well, I suppose, you know. I have a slightly different prediction, but along the same lines. I, I don't believe either version will have a, a single-player campaign. 
what I think will end up being the case will be that the multiplayer will come out on on last gen and current gen, but only current gen will have the Firestorm Battle Royale mode because that also allows them to kind of do some fancy next-gen trickery in terms of destructibility and so on. Multiplayer, you can still contain it within, you know, those small map sizes. Much larger Battle Royale map gives you the opportunity to go nuts with some of the the next-gen tricks, and I think that might end up being the current-gen exclusive mode with last-gen only getting the, the kind of more standard multiplayer. Yeah, I think that's a possibility as well. I think I heard rumblings a little while back about a 250-player Royale. One assumes that the only way that is possible is on next-gen systems. So well, that, that, that could lend some, some credence to that to that theory. I mean, Resistance, I think it was two had that many players, and I think Massive Action Game on the PS3 had that many players. Um, but- yeah, it was not MAG 244 or something. But it was crap. That's the, that's the point. Um, if, well, there's six extra players on Battlefield Six Tobes. They couldn't get those six other players in last time. <laughs> all all the all the power is required for those those six, those six players. players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just it, it's not a very good. I hope they don't do that because it sucks. Like massive action game was good when you had small groups, but like it was just too mm. fucking chaotic. And I do like a, a Battlefield campaign. I think if they could create a proper Battlefield campaign with the next-gen systems, I think it would be great. Because it is, you know, it's very Call of Duty and Battlefield are the same in that regard. They love their massive set pieces, don't they? Oh. And, you know, if they if they could create one with the power of these systems to only run on those systems, I'm sure it would be great. So we'll see. We should find out next month. Not long to wait now. Uh, possibly just worth pointing out Planet Side 2, which, which came out in PC and, and PS4, I think, a number of years ago, uh, holds the Guinness World Record for number of consecutive players in a single battle at 1,158. Jesus. <laughs> so there's always that. That's some good for- Googling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I run at one frame per second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just imagining Fortnite with a 1,000 players. And uh, scary. Presumably only during school holidays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Grant, I, I was I was on it uh, earlier. I was just doing my daily challenges, and I I ended, and before bedtime. Yeah, I I, I ended the game uh, seconds with sixteen kills, and I um, at least twelve or thirteen of them must have been bots. So that, I don't know why Fortnite do this. There's they've got an active player base of like eighty odd million. And they're still piling the games of bots. It makes you know get my stats up, which is fine. But it's it is it is strange, you know. You I really I don't see an actual player or anything until like the very last circle. It's really strange at the moment. But um, you know, we shall see. If Battlefield goes down that route, then hopefully there's um there's more to maybe come. It needs, maybe it needs next gen systems to actually run, and it's um it's just relying on the bots. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we shall see. Uh, right then, let's move on to our favourite. I guess we haven't got a name for this yet either. We're still working on it, guys. Still a still a testing testing trace here. But um, yeah, this week we're going to talk about our favourite controllers in the spirit of Nintendo, not Nintendo, PlayStation, revealing uh, two shiny new colours for the DualSense controller, the red and the black, both looking very swish, both out next month. 
and it got us thinking about our favorite controllers from gaming history. So I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Sean Davies, your favorite controller ever. So this is um, a bit of a cop-out, really. But my favorite controller of all time is the DualSense controller for the PS5. It is, um, in my hand, the nicest controller I have ever owned. It doesn't, it feels full, as in, you know, it feels weighty enough and it feels uh, very ergonomically designed for my hands. Everything feels where it needs to be. I don't ever feel like I'm stretching. And the uh, adaptive triggers and the haptics, I've enjoyed them immensely so far in this short time that I've had the PS5. You know, it's it's a bit of a cop-out, but I just feel like it is the best controller I've ever had. You know, I enjoyed the Xbox 360 controller originally because it was a bit weighty, but I, I didn't really gel with the Xbox One controller. I really need to try the Elite controller on Xbox because I've heard really good things about that, but I've never tried one. So instead of that, I'm, I'm going with the DualSense controller for the PS5. Such a nice piece of kit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't argue with that at all. It's a fantastic controller. Um, my one, there's annoying, there's a controller update on my controller. It pops up every day. And the USB port on the back of my DualSense is fucked. So I can't connect my controller to the system. So I can't get the update. You're kidding. No. How have you done this? I don't know, but I can't I can't put a USB charger in. You've already broken your PS5. Yes. In six so, yeah. months. Then. Pardon? How do you charge it? I've got a dock. That's the only way I can do it. Uh, okay. So um, the, the PS5 will go, your, your controller's getting low. And then I have to turn off the system and charge the controller <laughs> and do something else. Fucking hell. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably I'll probably um nab one of these new Yeah, get a nice new red one. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, black. otherwise I'm screwed. So I went over to my friend's house the other day with my uh thinking I'll I'll, I'll take the PS5 control, but I thought, oh I can't. I can't connect it to his system. So yeah. Yeah, sad times. So yeah, they're built yeah, they're terrible. That's what I was wanted to say. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um Andy, what's your favorite controller from gaming history? So I was initially going to go with with the safe choice, which is the current Xbox Series controller. Uh, it is the best controller for me. It's a refinement of you know, as a refinement of the Xbox One controller, which itself was a refinement of the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty controller. It's just the one I've spent most time with recently. It's real good controller, nice and balanced, nice and weighty. It's got my preferred thumbstick layout. However. I thought that was a bit boring, so I'm actually going back a wee bit in time to the Sega Saturn six-button control pad. Wow. Um, yeah. That in itself was an evolution of, of the, the six-button control pad that they eventually released for the Mega Drive uh, back when, when Street Fighter came out for the system. Um, it's just a really nice uh, way to not too plasticky feeling controller, very good D-pad. This is before they bothered with the, the analog one that they brought out to coincide with the release of Knights. Uh, made it excellent for fighting games. Uh, made it excellent for everything, really. Driving games was really good because the, the two triggers on the top were very good uh, as well. Um, yeah, it's just a really good, uh, excellent 
uh, controller. Uh, I can't really say much more about it than that. It came in uh, some really nice color schemes. I was always very annoyed that I couldn't get my hands on the Japanese one, which was white and had colored buttons and looked very cool. Uh, we only ever got the the kind of plain black one over here, but yeah, just a, just a very good uh, a very good uh, controller all round. So yeah, that's that's my choice for favorite. Nice. I like the Saturn. It was um, it didn't it didn't go well, but it was no. there, there was a good. I always loved Sonic R. That was such a great game. I, I've I've had a tendency to somehow always end up with the underdog in these battles. So you know, I owned the Spectrum when everybody else owned the Commodore sixty four. You know, I owned the Master System when everybody owned the NES. I had a Mega <laughs> Drive instead of a SNES. Yeah, and me sure too. enough, I ended up. Although actually, I did eventually end up with a Saturn and a N sixty four. But um, yeah, first I started it with the Saturn. So yeah, uh, somehow always end up on what is considered the wrong side of these battles. But <laughs> I, I always root for the underdogs. You're if fucking anyone... hipster. Hipster. No, I'm 100% hipster. <laughs> if anyone is uh, is having a nostalgic feelings, you can get a, 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 was it, a Retrobit? A Retrobit Saturn uh, controller uh, for your PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a USB, and it's it's all see-through, and it's beautiful. Got one of those on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> Fantastic. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll make enough money off finger guns one day to buy one or at least look at it. <laughs> uh, Toby, your favourite controller? Uh, so I've got two answers. One's a joke answer and one's a real answer. Oh, it's never just one, is it? No, but I think Andy just had two, so fuck it. Um, did he do? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> My okay. joke answer is uh, the Guitar Hero controller. The Guitar Hero guitar uh, was which one the the OG one the original one with a wire going into my PS2 um, absolutely my favorite controller of all time pretty much um, that that I think we should have more games that come with their own completely unique um, systems like that um, if you remember that had um, like <laughs> went really well for Tony Hawk didn't it Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gone well with lo- for loads of different things that you can probably mention. But Guitar Hero, it did go well. So it had those five five buttons for your frets, um, and you're thinking, but I've only got four fingers. How am I supposed to play this game? Um, and then you have to slide down to the orange button when you're getting onto the much much trickier uh, songs. And then you got your little, um, you know, your string button, and you've got your wah 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 thing on the on the side. The whole thing was just excellent. So well. So simple, yet so well-designed. It wasn't weighty at all. It was really plastic, and it felt very light. Um, but you could you know, hand that round a party, and, and me, me and my brothers and my sister um, used to play that just all the time, trying to get you know, trying to get better scores on some of our favorite games on there. So um, yeah, the Guitar Hero controller is a, uh, is a masterpiece. Um, in terms of my actual answer for what is the probably best actual controller um or at least most memorable actual controller i'm going to go for what we discussed just for a second last week which was the n64 controller um which is because it's pretty much the most influential because it introduced that 3d joystick control into modern controllers um when the n64 put that on their you know three sticks and had the the little joystick in the middle um playstation were quick to um, set up, you know, analog sticks on uh, on the PS1 controller, and then follow that with the DualShock 2, 
Um, Xbox was obviously not at that time. Nothing had 3D joysticks on a controller like that until the N64 controller. So it was just um, you know trailblazing in that respect. It's obviously a lot of in, lot of Nintendo um, designs have been trailblazing in the past, but that one is just one that you know defines modern controlling pretty much um, going forward. Also, Andy was talking about what colors and things I had. I had a um, translucent turquoise N64, which was the um, which made a lot of neighbors and friends jealous, which I was very proud of. Um, very, very, very pretty machine. And we had a translucent turquoise controller with it, um, which was only ever player one, mine. It was not my brother's. He had a green one, which he was not happy about. Apologize for calling you a hipster, Andy. I was completely wrong. Toby is a fucking hipster. With his <laughs> turquoise fucking see-through bollocks. <laughs> I had oh. a turquoise green N64. Yeah. Um, which I've which I've now discovered I could I could take into CEX and get 130 pounds for it. Was it C3? Yeah. Oh, it's probably the same one. Oh, it's beautiful. It's probably the same thing I'm yeah. talking about. Uh sorry, Andy, I interrupted you. No, I was just going to say N64 controller, also the first one to introduce Rumble, if I recall. Even yeah. though you did have to pay extra for it. So it was the Rumble Pack. Awful controller. Just saying, <laughs> the 64 controller was awful. I'm sorry. It's the first one I remember doing any kind of strafing and things in first-person shooters on as well. Like the C buttons were the first time I'd controlled cameras properly that way and and strafed. And it was it was interesting. N64. It's the first time I did a whole bunch of different gaming things that we now just take for granted. Uh, it wasn't useless as well, though, was it? Remember Goldeneye trying to aim with the C that buttons? It's hard to strafe and do, <laughs> and do stuff on that now. When you go back to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's a bad controller. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, the, the the only wonderful thing about it, apart start from the, uh, the analog stick, of course, was the Z button placement, and it it was just in the right place, right behind the analog stick, and it felt that that's what made Goldeneye such a joy to play. I think. Yeah. But yeah, th- those C buttons were fucking awful. Until Zelda, the Zelda Ocarina of Time was the only game that utilized it properly. Yes. It changed my mind. It's a good controller. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, I guess mine would be. I mean, it's got to be the GameCube controller. Again, I think that's quite of a, a cop out, lazy answer because it, it's kind of like widely regarded as one of the best controllers of all time. Uh, but it's just so perfect. It feels so good, and I'll say that you know I don't play a lot of beat 'em ups, but I put hours and hours and hours and hours into Soul Calibur Two primarily on the GameCube, because it just felt so perfect. That big A button right in the center, those two kind of like kidney-shaped buttons um, above and on the right of the um, that big A controller, it just felt so nice. The C buttons was now stick, which made a lot more sense. And those triggers, those deep triggers that felt like you were really, really pulling back on a on a bow or, you know, Nintendo was so ahead of their time, and especially with the N64 and with the GameCube. And the GameCube controller just doesn't doesn't fail. The D-pad is absolutely perfect. It's just a D-pad. There's no messing around with it, and it's uh, it feels perfectly. So much so that it's still available now as a controller option for Smash Brothers because there are people that won't play Smash Brothers without the GameCube controller. I bought the limited edition version of Smash Brothers Ultimate with the GameCube controller, um, the black one that, that that came with it to plug into the Switch, and it was just it's so perfect. It's so perfect, and I hope one day that it makes a triumphant return and I can play Breath of the Wild with it because I'd much rather play Breath of the Wild with a GameCube controller. 
than Joy-Cons. You can see why people still want to go back to that one, because since then they've been given a remote control that's like more square than the original NES controller, mm. um, and then a Wii U, and then Joy-Cons. And yeah. none of those are ergonomically, you know, satisfying as the um, as the GameCube controller at all. Yeah, with a I've also got an honorary mention of the Switch Pro controller because that thing is a masterpiece as well. You know, I would need to confess something. I have never used a standard GameCube controller. Really? No. What did you have for your GameCube? I didn't have a GameCube. I do it then. I played through Resident Evil Four on uh, my friend's GameCube. And I used a chainsaw controller. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing was a fucking mess. What the fuck was that about? But anyway, mm. um, yeah, I've never actually picked up a standard GameCube controller. Yeah, interesting. I think we should do this next time we go to EGX and just get oh, yeah. get to the retro section and and yeah, the loved ones sitting there. We'll play some. Uh, and then some... I can tell you how how bad that controller is too. There we go. <laughs> no, you're wrong. You're gonna love it. <laughs> you're gonna love it because it's because it's awesome. Um, what's the worst controllers? Do you think the the worst controller is me? Because as, if you remember right, the selling point of the Connect was that I was the controller, and I'm just an awful controller, to be <laughs> honest with you. So I am the worst controller That's of all answer. time. That's a great answer. Yeah, I guess the Connect you could call it a controller, couldn't you? I suppose in a way, Connect. It's it's so bizarre because see when it did work, it actually worked surprisingly well. All three Dan Central games on Connect are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. The Connect Party games that came out from Double Fine, also a good laugh, worked perfectly well. The problem was they those were games that recognised the limitations of the hardware, whereas every other game that came out on it didn't and tried to make games. That rat that used Connect as a controller. Uh, I know that sounds daft, but I, I, mm. I, I hope you get what I'm, I'm getting at there. Which is, they tried to make them proper games when they shouldn't. What they should have done was make them to go back to something we talked about earlier: experiences. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. that ended up being the Connect's problem. The Connect, uh, to be fair, Connect 2.0 on Xbox One is a fantastic piece of hardware. Which they're still using uh, nowadays for for other things on on PC and so on, but um, yeah, it, it just the games that they brought out for it by and large were were awful. I will never forget watching my dad, who was sixty at the time, who's now seventy, play Connectimals, and he had to lie on the floor and play with a lion, and he had to put his arms <laughs> up in the air like the he like George Puffin. Galloway. It was just so bizarre. And absolutely brilliant. And that is my lasting memory of Connect. Is my 60 year old dad lying on the floor playing with an imaginary tiger with his legs in the air. Speaking of um, Connect, I, I went into a Dreams bed store the other day to get a new mattress, and they they fit you and you know and watch you through a Connect um, set in the ceiling to get your measurements for your for your mattress. What are they watching you do? Well, just lie there on a mattress so you can so it can see what you're doing, how you sleep. But it, it was, I, yeah. I noticed it was a connect. I was just like, that is a, I know yeah. that piece of kit. You know, I, I, they must have had like warehouses full of these things because they use them in hospital for MRI and, you know, CT. Do you know, like they, they put you into the machine. Um, mm-hmm. the, the cameras, more often than not, are connect cameras. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these these things, they must have had tons left over <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when they were done with them and just decided to, you know, give them away. Yeah, fair enough. Just big business deals with uh, dreams and the NHS. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they're, uh, I'm glad they, they've at least got a bit of a lifespan outside of video games. Yeah, I, I remember lying there having an MRI and asking the woman through some like haze of painkillers, is that a connect? And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you geek. <laughs> and then she looked up here. and saw the Xbox sign and went, oh yeah. <laughs> so she's worked there for 10 years. And <laughs> Can you stack on Connect Sports for me? <laughs> <laughs> Put on Disney Rush, please. <laughs> what was the name of the Connect Sports sequel that came out on Xbox One? Uh, Connect Sports Rivals. That's the one. Yeah, that was that wasn't too bad. I remember playing that EGX. That was fun. That was okay. Yeah, yeah. Worst controller. Wiimote. What? I'm going to say this now, right? For the games, right, that were designed specifically for the Wiimote, mm. they were great. Wii Sports, fantastic. Every other game, it was a fucking atrocity. I bought a Rampage game, right? Took it home, excited to slam and bash around my living room using the Wiimote to smash and bash buildings. But no, I had to waggle the controller up and down to punch. I press a button <laughs> to kick. It was like the least intuitive way of using the controller that I've, I've, I've ever seen. And That's not the controller's fault. That's the developer's. No, but you can't use the Wiimote. Like, it was completely useless for anything other than motion control. So, like, you know, it's not like the PlayStation Move, which is, you know, actually pretty good to do a lot of things. Mm. You can swipe through your your PS4 and PS5's, um, like, UI using the PlayStation Move, even when the camera's not connected. Yeah. I remember playing Twilight Princess with the Wii mote and the nunchuck plugged in, and there was that big wire between them, and it felt like a really comfortable way to play a video game. I was kind of up on my sofa, my Wii mote was on the right side of me, my nunchuck was on the left, and I was just kind of chilling. It, it felt comfortable. I never had an issue with it. Apart from like the motion controls of Twilight Princess were annoying. But that's about it, really. But it, it, the, the problem for me is that it was not for the get like like I said games that were designed for it brilliant mm. games that weren't that were bought over to the Wii because it sold like fucking hotcakes were were trash because the controller just could not handle it. Yeah yeah I agree. Oh good old man. Oh, the Wii controller wasn't that bad. I think we're all in agreement that Connect is probably the worst controller. I'd, I'd quick shout out for the Master System uh controller which was which was somehow even squarer, slightly smaller, and therefore even more uncomfortable than the the NES controller. Mm. So oh, and, and the D pad was that horrendous. square D pad thing, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, shout out for the Master System. That's why I've never beaten Alex Kidd in Miracle World. I think. Yes, it's exactly why. Blaming the pad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, let's get into uh, recommendations. This is where we've seen something throughout the week, and we want to tell you about it. So it could be a game, could be a game trailer, could be a movie or a comic book or anything. So uh, yeah, we're going to share some stuff with you now. I'm going to start with who I want to start with yet. 
Uh, Andy, have you got anything uh, to recommend this week? I do. I'm kind of glad you've kept me first because mine is probably slightly heavier than you normally get on on this section. But um, I'm sure all of us have seen uh, the the tragedy that's currently happening in the Palestine. And um, I'm linking this back to games slightly. Tamur Hussein, who some of you may know as editor at GameSpot, uh, posted something on his Twitter uh, account yesterday, which was just setting out, you know, encouraging people to have a think about what's happening over there. You know, he points out the fact that the, the Middle East, to most people in Western society, is always portrayed as a place where fighting's always happening. And he's just encouraging people to take a step back and, you know, really think about, and the fact that there are people there and, you know, there's there's culture there and, and all the rest of it. So I would encourage you to check out. It's a quick video on his account. I think his, his Twitter handle is at TamurH. I would definitely recommend having a look at that. Also, very quickly, and I hate doing this because I genuinely hate Greg Miller, but Greg Miller has also posted a whole series of resources on his Twitter account today. Uh, he readily admitted to being pretty ignorant on some of this stuff. So him and one of his partners at, at Kind of Funny have gone and done a lot of reading and he's posted a whole lot of links to to information so that people can kind of get up to, to speed on what's actually happening over there. So yeah, uh, apologies for making that slightly heavy, but um, yeah, definitely worth checking out uh, those two uh, Twitter threads just, to, uh, just in case you're wondering what's actually happening over there at the moment. Well worth it. Both both brilliant. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but IGN have had to, well, I don't know if they've had to or they've decided to, and Game Informer uh, both had to remove their posts about what's happening over there. They're both 404ing now and the tweets have been deleted um, because both had tweeted in support of Palestine and they've been removed. Um, and IGN Israel is upset with IGN America, which is no surprise. Yeah, there was... A bit of ignorance on their part of voicing them up, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. You can't spell ignorance without IGN. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other thing worth mentioning there is is the fact that IGN, of course, were, were, are, are not exactly having a great time at the moment because, remember, they also partly own Humble now, and Humble made that announcement fairly recently that they were going to limit the amount, the percentage of anything you paid on their website that would be going to charity. And that yeah. ended up getting a whole load of backlash as well. So yeah, not a great month for IGN. No. Shocker. Our recommendation this month is don't go to IGN. <laughs> yes, go, go to finger guns. Yes. Fingerguns.net. <laughs> Do that. There's lots of cool stuff on there. Um yeah, that's a yeah, it's a very good point, Andy. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Yeah, we should uh, absolutely get the word out for resources that can help and can benefit people. So fantastic. Uh, Toby, follow that. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Andy. Now I feel really shallow and um, that I'm not going to have anything worth talking about here at all. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good point you make. Um, no, mine is, mine is very much more um, superfluous in comparison. But um, I did see a very, very cool trailer this week for a new film starring Dev Patel um, called The Green Knight. Um, the Green Knight is a it's sort of a an old um, legend. Um, I think it's Gerlain and the Green Knight. It's a, 
Um, it's a, in a very, very old um, and well-known myth or, or legend, um, but it's been reimagined into this very, very visionary and cool looking movie. Um, if you remember the trailers and things for things like uh, Blade Runner 2049, um, that sort of, you know, really interesting way of shooting a science fiction movie. Imagine that same sort of uh, keen eye for um, interesting ways of putting um, stories to camera, but done in a sort of medieval tale of knights and magic and um, high fantasy. And um, Dev Patel plays this knight who's um, challenged by the Green Knight um, to uh, to a duel, and then he has to go on a great quest to to refind him and finish off a duel that they started. Um, and it's, the whole thing just looks incredible. It looks like the most visually jaw-dropping fantasy movie I've seen um, advertised in a decade, at least. Looks very, very cool. Yeah, I second that. The trailer was fantastic. Do check that out. I'll throw a link in the description. Yeah, no worries. And add these links as well, obviously. Let's, uh, let's keep it serious. Uh, Sean, your recommendation for this week? Uh, my recommendations are, uh, the first is a game called Bun House. Um, which I spotted on Twitter this this week, and I was just scrolling through Twitter and saw this. This is that with Pat Sharp. What? <laughs> Fun house prizes to be won. Yeah. <laughs> the real crazy show where anything can go. Bun house, not fun house, for God's sake. Oh. Oh, sorry, my bad. Damn. But, but yes, I mean, you can still sing it if you like. Um, I've done enough here. <laughs> My wife saw this gif of this game on my Twitter feed, and it was of bunnies jumping around a uh, like glass house, making plants, watering them, potting them up, writing down what they'd made and stuff. And she was interested in it. And this is one of the few times my wife has ever been interested in a video game. So I just wanted to point this out. It was it's called Bun House. It's a cute couch co-op game focusing on growing plants and managing a greenhouse where you can play with four other bunnies. Um, it's inspired by Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, and it's about working together as rabbits to make plants. It's on Kickstarter now, and it's supposed to be releasing quite soon. It's not not asking for a, a vast amount of money. It's a, asking for, I think it's £8,300, and it's still got more than 20 days to go and has already raised six grand. So... The likelihood is it's going to get a pre- like it's going to get enough funding to come out, and it looks really chilled out. And I just feel like this is something that I I think the world re- needs right now. So um, go and check that out, Bun House. Another thing I wanted to um, point out was so I shared this with the guys on Slack the other day. It's um, it's a, a Twitter account called Bohemian underscore Pub, and they are making a game called Let Bion Bi- Bios Be Bygones. And um, the only thing that exists of it right now is a GIF of like, it's like a vibe check GIF where it moves through some of the environments, but it looks fucking amazing. And um, as, as a, a visual, it looks like kind of like that game that we were all really excited about until we found out the guy was a huge gamer gator. Um, oh, the last night. That's the one. Yeah. Um, it looks like that kind of pixel art, which is like, you know, a huge step up from where we are normally. And uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So go check that out. Bohemian Pulp on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what, you know, I don't know where the game's coming out or what, what platform it's going to be for. It just looks really cool. And that's it. Yeah, it does look insane. I've just um, 
retweeted it on the on my personal Twitter. Nice. So if you want to hear it over there, then go check it out. Oh, it's so pretty. Um, my recommendation is something that I'm a little late to the party to on this one, but um, I watched it last night, and so I thought I'd share. It's um, The Mitchells versus The Machines, which is a animated movie on Netflix uh, made by the same guys that made Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And it's an absolute delight. It's bloody joyful. Um, if you're looking for a, a family film to watch, even if you haven't got a, a family, it's so entertaining. And it's got such a nice kind of like heartbeat throughout the whole thing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, it's, it's made by the Spider-Verse guy. So it was going to have, it's got some polish on it that I've never seen before. And it's gorgeous to look at. It's a lot of fun. It's very funny. I laughed out loud at least five or six times. And but yeah, that's it, really. It's a great film, and it's available on Netflix. So go and check it out. The Mitchells versus The Machines. It was a lot of fun. Hard agree. Really, really good laugh. I like it a lot. Uh, right then, that does about wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's Fingons podcast. Before we go anywhere, it's Toby's Games of the Week. <laughs> um. Okay, so I've got a whole bunch, actually. There's lots happening this week. Cool. So... On the 18th of May, uh, Days Gone, which we were talking about earlier, is coming to PC. Um, so expect to get more pressure on Sony to greenlight the Days Gone sequel that they scrapped years ago and that Andy thinks is not happening. Maybe it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> also on the 18th, um, SnowRunner, Greg's, one of Greg's favorite games from last year, is coming to Switch. On the 20th, uh, Just Die Already uh, is coming to Xbox One and PC, which is one that Sean's interested in. A uh, little indie game. Uh, also, Wild at Heart on the same day, also coming to Xbox One and PC. Um, and the third indie game that day, The Longest Road on Earth, um, is coming to PC only, not Xbox One. Um, but that's a strange little anthropomorphic animals, black and white storyline, strange thing. Looks really cool. Also on the 20th, loads of games on the 20th, Layers of Fear 2 uh, coming to Switch. Also on the 20th, uh, Manifold Garden, which we spoke about earlier, coming to PS5. And then on the 21st, uh, Knockout City comes to PS4 and PC. And a game we talked about last week, I think Cosmic Top Secret is coming to PS4 and Switch. And that's it. All right. I think Knockout City is going straight to Game Pass as well, isn't it, on that day? Ah, you might be right. I believe so. Apologies that, if um... I uh, missed that out. No, that's right. It's that uh, dodgeball in, yes. in a city game. Yeah. Yeah, it might be fun. Put that on the list of games that we'll never play together. Cool. But we really should. Like Second Extinction. I played it on my own. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> if you uh, yeah, if you have been following the podcast for the last two weeks, we've said both weeks that we're all going to get together and play Second Extinction on Xbox Game Pass. Um, it's yet to happen. But it might at some point. You never know. But uh, yeah, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't forget to follow us absolutely everywhere. You can follow us in the link tree description below. And of course, you can follow us individually on Twitter. Our handles are all below in the description if you want to follow us directly. Just click on our names and you can take us straight there. Perfect. If you really, really like what we do, why not join our Patreon? For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast up on its various hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it. I want to say a big thanks to Andy for joining us this week. No problem. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. We've got to have an update on Mass Effect at some point, I guess. Indeed. When you get to that area that Sean was talking about, I don't know. Yeah, I've got, I've got a lot. Of, yeah, we'll see how the Mako goes. <laughs> I suppose this is Andy. Andy was just like just coming up from an illness, and then the code came in for Mass Effect. I was like, Andy, <laughs> <laughs> guess what? 
That's okay. I'm just treating the whole thing like a fever dream. It'll be great. Yeah, I'm, g- I'm getting it 10 out of 10. <laughs> there you go. You won't need to read his review now. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Um, it's goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Bye. Goodbye from Psych Tyson himself, Mr. Andy Manson. Cheers. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Girl podcast. <laughs>